High Impact Influence, the podcast. The website is growgreat.com. My name is Randy Cantrell. I'm your host here, coming to you from Dallas-Fort Worth, Texas. It is day 23 of our 30-day micro-leadership course. Let's talk about difficult conversations. How do you handle these? How does your culture, how does your team, your group, your organization, how does how do you deal with it? Hiding, that's pretty common. Maybe not physically. Well, sometimes it could be. Avoiding, that's hiding. Does that describe how you react to tough situations, tough conversations? It's a common way of handling things. We just ignore it. Well, at least head on. We may talk about it in private circles, but mostly we may just hope that it, it'll improve. It'll, it'll get better on its own. Maybe. Maybe somebody else will say something. Maybe the situation will just go away. The opposite approach, which I admit I have only seen on extremely rare occasions, is what I call the Kramer approach, named after the Seinfeld character. You know, he notoriously just blurts out obvious observations that everybody else just dare not speak about. Does that describe how you or your culture handle difficult conversations? You just dive right in without any considerations other than to confront it. Very few people, very few organizations, in my experience, embrace the Kramer approach. But these are kind of the two extremes. And, of course, there's a variety of methodologies in between these two extremes and the way that people and cultures handle difficult conversations. I would dare say that most procrastinate just dreading the whole thing. So let's define what we're talking about. What is a difficult conversation? It simply is for my purposes here and trying to help you. It's simply a conversation that you likely know needs to happen, but you dread it. Maybe you do dread it to the point that you don't even do it, but a difficult conversation is one you likely know you need to have, but you dread it. Now, maybe it's coaching an employee on personal hygiene. That's an example that comes up way more frequently than you would think when I'm talking to clients about difficult conversations. Maybe it's correcting poor performance. It could be confronting bad behavior. It could be informing the boss of an error that you uncovered. It could be an error that you yourself made. It could be reporting some unethical behavior that you have witnessed. Difficult conversations are not easy to lump together because they can cover a broad array of topics and people and situations. That's why I've given them this single definition as a conversation you know you should have, but you really don't want to. I need to reiterate here the need for psychological safety. The safer the culture, the safer the relationship, the easier it's going to be to have this candid conversation. That includes being able to say what you need to say in order to improve the situation for there to be forward progress. This is not about voicing complaints. This is not tattletelling. This is not political gamesmanship where we are trying to look good by pointing out something bad about others. Those are just bad behaviors and no high performance culture will foster those kinds of things. This is about being able to muster up the courage 
And yes, having the skill to say what needs to be said in a way that it needs to be said, even though it's hard. Now, the degree of difficulty in having the conversation can be a good thing. So let's not beat ourselves up too much because we have this dread. I don't necessarily think it's a great thing if you're a person who doesn't dread having the difficult conversation. I mean, consider the alternative. Suppose you have an employee on your team who has habitual body odor. The fact that you dread having that conversation can mean that you don't want to hurt or embarrass this employee. That's a good thing, right? This empathy is a great thing. The alternative, the Kramer approach disregards the person. That's not a good thing. Now keep in mind how we are defining leadership influence and the ability to do for others what they are not able to do for themselves. When we apply that to this situation, we realize how much it does as much as we dread this conversation. We just, we just know, because if that's how we're viewing leadership, it's the very best thing we can do for this employee. And delay doesn't help except for us to gather our thoughts and perhaps rehearse what we want to say, and for us to make sure that we find an appropriate time with this employee to have this difficult personal conversation. It's highly likely that the dread and the fear are worse than the reality. Through the years in my own life, I have found that I would dare say almost a hundred percent, perhaps a hundred percent of the time. It's just true. You know, in my head, things were typically much worse. I played out all these scenarios of how awful this thing could turn out to be. And I, I, off the top of my head, I can't remember a case where that was the reality. Consider the alternative, consider your responsibility as a leader. You ignore the body odor problem or whatever the issue is. You hope somebody else handles it. Well, that's not leadership. That's cowardice. Hope the person realizes the problem and they just fix it themselves. Well, that's not leadership. So far, they haven't been able to do that or they would have already done it. No, they need somebody to serve them. That's leadership. That's courage. So the moment is here and you pull them aside to have this private conversation where you gently but clearly explain the problem and how you are committed to help them. And you handle it with compassion, but with a firmness to assure them that you are going to do your part to help them remedy this problem. Yep, you're going to have to deal with their embarrassment. And you show them the path forward, explaining to them that this is how all growth and all improvement work for all of us. So you give it your best effort, and it goes pretty well, even though it's admittedly very awkward. You talk about specifics by asking questions like, do you have a washer and dryer at home? Could be they don't. Could be they don't even know how to use a washer and dryer. And don't laugh. I've had this happen to me. I have personally confronted this issue, this issue of personal hygiene, on more than one occasion, only to find out that the person lacked the life skills I just took for granted. Nobody had ever shown them these basic life skills. 
I took it upon myself as a leader to do that for them. Now, you may think that leadership is some grand, big-scale initiative, and it can be. But I can tell you that when you walk into a laundromat with an employee armed with a bunch of quarters and a pack of laundry detergent, and you show them how to do a load of their own laundry, and they've never, ever learned this, it is life-changing for both of you that service and they will never forget it. Now that may or may not be your situation, but it's simply, I'm using it to demonstrate a point. Avoiding the difficult conversation helps nobody. Nobody gets served by hiding, by ignoring, or by putting it off. I'm going to insert again in the show notes for this episode. I keep going back to this, this progression of leadership, humility, curiosity, knowledge, understanding, compassion. Compassion and leadership share a common theme, a focus on others. Focus the attention on how you can best serve others, and it can help you better navigate difficult conversations. Be well, do good, grow great. The website is growgreat.com. My name is Randy Cantrell. Man, I am so glad that you're here, and I'm so glad that you've stuck around to day 23. And Lord willing, tomorrow we got session 24. We're just, man, we're closing in hard on the finish. And I hope you're finding these things profitable.